0: Welcome to the STATMed podcast, where we teach you how to study in med school and how to pass board-style exams. Your host is Ryan Orwig, a learning specialist with more than a decade of experience working with med students and physicians. In this episode, Ryan and Dr. Jim Colhane, Assistant Dean for Student Academic Success Programs and Professor of Pharmaceutical Sciences at Notre Dame of Maryland University School of Pharmacy, share their insights on preparing for the medical boards. In part three, they continue their discussion on the dual track method for preparing for medical boards, including the important role practice questions can play.
1: Right in there. And that's what the good test taker learns how to do. Good test taking can absolutely be innate. And it can also be developed. But more importantly, you got, anyone can grow better test taking skills. Bad test taking is bad behavior. So if you let these bad behaviors continue to get oxygen, they'll
2: continue to grow. Here. A podcast just isn't really going to work with that. But that kind of technique can help you to to achieve that quickly and efficiently, correct? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's better. It's better. And again, it's not always about being like best here, you know? Mm-hmm. This is about like, what can we do to cut out some of the worst Lowest yield things, right. And add some better, pr- better uh, approaches on the upfront. I mean, it could be as simple as make yourself at every subheading. Try to write down what you know about the topic, uh, and then and then read it. You know, now this yep. is getting a little more down into the into the details. This is not as macro. This is like boots on the ground, connected, connective. Um, but any uh, people don't want to do that. I get it. I I wouldn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But it's better. It's the right kind of struggle. It's the right kind of uh, interface between you and your knowledge and this information you're dealing with. And again, from the learning science side, we know that's how it has to work. But getting students at this level to engage like this is very, very difficult. Uh, I'm always talking to my daughter and her friend. I'm sure they love this. Like when we're driving to soccer practice, these <laughs> high achieving ninth grade freshmen in high school. But I'm just fascinated at how, you know, these same myths perpetuate, you know, there is the same same stuff. Now, they are using more like Quizlet, Anki type stuff. They are using technology a little bit better to quiz themselves, um, but still not. It's, it's oftentimes, it is mostly dependent upon what the what the teacher gives them It's not as much, love- not as much agency.
2: Let's switch gears and go to the to the practice question side now a little Mm -hmm. bit. And so, again, you know, most of these board prep materials, as you put as you as you as you mentioned before, have copious (laughs) question banks and, you know, test banks that you can you can practice uh, board style questions on what are some suggestions that you have for the listeners about how to interface effectively with that component of it because i'm sure there's there's a there's an a, there's an efficient effective way to do that and then there's a way that may may not be so efficient or effective so as you're practicing these questions what would you what advice would you give uh, the listeners well i think number 1 you've got to think i
1: think at the top you have to identify are you using practice questions primarily as a learning tool? Yep. Or or are you past that into actual iterating and okay. and, and pr- practicing recall and application at that level. So at some point you're going to be using practice questions po- possibly as a as a primary learning tool. So <laughs> you're going to take much more of a kicking that way, right? You're going you're going to miss a lot more questions.
2: Yes. Um so Which is not necessarily it, 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 a bad thing. I always tell my yeah, students, right? Yeah, not um, at all. If you, yeah. Even if you miss a question or you can't answer a question, the, the act of attempting recall on that yeah. will help to encode the the correct answer and correct information in your brain. So it's, you know, you should, students should not be frustrated if they're missing questions. No, no. Um, that's why, that's why, why I think it's so phase, important. Study phase, absolutely. So important it's that important. You, you recognize... Like this is where you're starting. Like, hey,
1: I'm still early on in this, of course, because anybody's going to be upset if they do 10 questions and they miss, you know, seven or eight or whatever. Right. For five, five or six, like they're going to be like, whoa. But if you're early on, that's that's I mean, that's to be expected. Um, I think that, again, you got to think about what your learning needs are. And if you are someone who can learn bottom up, I mean, there are probably a lot of people that can listen to this and be bottom up learners. Yeah. And okay. So then it's about, I don't know. I mean, I could talk about test taking all day. I think a lot. So here's one of the, if there's a single mentality adjustment, somebody can make going into these kinds of questions, Mm -hmm. going into boards Just because it's a multiple choice test with A, B, C, D, E doesn't mean these things are built like other multiple choice tests you've seen elsewhere in your life. Yes. Okay. these multiple choice clinical vignette scenarios are secondary tertiary questions that you don't have to know everything to get everything to get a question right. So I see a lot of struggling test takers as soon as they stumble upon one thing in the passage, they don't know oh, no, Like I don't know what that means. I don't. I know I'm supposed to know that. I don't remember that. I can't figure out what the specific diagnosis is. It doesn't mean you have to miss the question. But I think a lot of people immediately find that one thing they don't know, and it's like game over. Game yeah. over, I'm going to yep. miss this question. And it's not like in a first-order question. I mean, maybe that's more true. I don't know. But that's not how these things work. You should be like, okay, well, what are the parts that I do have? Let me use the parts of what I know. Let me work my way through the answer options one by one by one, looking for anything that's partially false about Mm -hmm. a given question and learn how to strike out anything that is a little bit false. Now, like a little bit false, a little bit is different than a little bit. I don't know. Like if you're like, I know that this one aspect is false. It has to be out. I'll see people find something in option A that's a little bit false, but say, Mm -hmm. yeah, but there's these three other pieces that are true about it. So it's like 3 is greater than 1, therefore I will keep this as a variable in play.
2: No. It's it's a possibility as an answer is what you're saying. That, that, they, that in their mind? Yeah, in their mind they'll consider it a possibility even if there's, yep. well, there's one false piece and three correct pieces yep. in the 100% answer. because yep. 3 greater okay. than 1, right?
1: No, it's, it's it's 100% out. And 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 the more you leave those in, it's like leaving these free radicals in play, yeah. that is going to is going to put you at risk. It's either going to just drag you down And take more churn and grind and burn to get to the right answer. Or you're leaving a bad answer option in play and you could actually end up choosing it. Because as you work a question, your working memory gets overloaded. It gets flooded. You lose sight of the thing that made it false. If you lose the variable, that that, that one thing that made it false, and you're only looking at the three that are right, 30 seconds later, you could be like, bing, bing, bing. I just nailed that question. Because you literally lost the thing that made it false because you left it in play. The longer you, you, you keep things in play, the the you know, the more risk you're putting yourself at. So I would say as you are starting out or wherever you are on board, your board prep continuum, your mm-hmm. board training continuum, really train like you want to play. Yeah. Really train in the sense of working questions. And if I mean I could talk about a hundred things about test taking, but I would say like really lean into partial false is entirely false. The game should be to strike out the right answer. Now, there are certain kinds of test takers that are what I call bad slashers. These are the ones that are slashing the right answer frequently. Okay. And that's usually like, that means you're impulsive. You're probably going too fast. You're maybe grabbing onto a single clue and ignoring other clues, or you're forcing a prediction. You know, you you come up with a prediction, you jam the square peg in the round hole and you pick it and you're out. So if you're often slashing out the right answer, that probably means you're just being like broadly speaking, impulsive. Um, and instead, so you got to dial it back, but the majority of people are being way too cautious, especially if you edge into that bad test taker sphere, uh, you're being way too cautious with that and, and too conservative with mm-hmm. the slashing power. A little bit false is wrong. Let me say this too. Like, I think a lot of people think, so, you know, people are trained clinically. I mean, we're not, t- we're not training people in this field to be test takers. We're training right, them to work exactly. clinically. <laughs> so these, these test questions create the illusion of the real world, the three-dimensional real
2: world, but these are two-dimensional constructs. Yeah, so the real world. Yeah, they're artificial constructs that we use to assess student learning because we don't have anything better. And that, right. that's that's right from an educator's mouth. I think that that's yeah. you know, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I always so, tell my students once you're done with this, you never have to take another multiple choice exam again. Yeah, for your pharmacists, right? Absolutely. Yeah, for, well, you're right. From for maybe medical students, they certainly do. No. As soon as Downs. the pharmac- Yeah, right. Done. Done. Same thing with our, our vets, right? So but here's here's what I've been telling people. So like
1: these questions, like in the real world, you know, you 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 come upon the clinical scenario, of the person you're collecting all the background that led up to them coming to you right now, and then you're thinking about possible timelines that would offshoot it. Do this, then this, then find out this. But if I find out this, then I do this. If I find out this, I do this. That's how you think clinically. Mm-hmm. These questions have the illusion of that, but they're only asking for a fixed point on that timeline. Yeah, and then. If it's things few down down the timeline, the, well, like most appropriate next step, most initial, most appropriate initial treatment, I'll see people say, "Well, this would not be the initial treatment, but you could do it later," and then leave it in play, right? When in fact, it shouldn't one hundred percent be ruled out, like slash yeah, it out right then and there. And that's what the good test taker learns how to do. Good test taking can absolutely be innate, and it can also be developed. But more importantly, you guy, anyone can grow better test-taking skills. Bad test-taking is bad behavior. So if you let these bad behaviors continue to get oxygen, they'll continue to grow and and balloon and, and 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 mutate into who knows what. But likewise, like, you know, we're talking about this at the beginning of the board prep cycle. Like if you're really getting into questions now, I would really try to plant that flag, especially if you feel like that's a thing that you do. Again, I, I, I can, I'm never comfortable speaking to like, the masses, or speaking to, to to these students as a monolithic entity, I think that's a big problem in medical education is treating them all the same. So, if you're listening to this and this resonates to you, then yeah, probably start trying to grow that. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you to, yeah. to to really start growing that right now.
2: I got, I've got two. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Um, I've got two final questions for you. Um, the first one is, can you just talk for a few minutes about, you know, when you're, when you're working with practice questions, the importance of interleaving questions from different topics yeah. as mm-hmm. a, as a, as a, way to interface effectively with your, with your practice question, uh, banks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so interleaving sounds like we're mispronouncing interweaving.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: But interleaving is this idea of like topic A, then topic B, then topic C, then back to topic A, Mm -hmm. as opposed to topic A, topic A, topic A, topic A, A, and topic B, topic B, topic B, topic B. Um, Interleaving, we know, is super important, right? So I will talk to people. I mean, I I had this conversation this week where they're like, yeah, when 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 I do like if I do my peds, I'm really good with my peds questions. But then I go to like ob OB-GYN questions, and then it's like a harder transition. Then I come back to Peds later, like a month later or whenever, and then it's like I'm back to where I started, right? Um, or people that, or maybe the better analogy would be, I do really well when I'm just doing Peds or I'm just doing ob But when they're mixed, they're all
2: mixed. It, I, I, my my timing is off. Wow. Right, it induces uh, wow. what we call it a de- desirable difficulty into your learning, yeah. right? And that's yeah. a that's a that's a term from cognitive psychology that we that we you and I have discussed before um, yeah. on a previous podcast. So. Yeah.
1: So they're they're tr- but the problem there is they are training primarily in these closed chunks. They're not right. making their brains recognize like they're benefiting from entering the question and already knowing the the the, the neighborhood it's in as opposed to doing blind mixed questions, which will make them have to identify what is, is this a psych question? Is this a peds question? Is this an ob question? Like having to, like it's, it's higher up. It's a, it's a level higher up. So by mixing questions, you are inherently bringing in interleaving by mm-hmm. mixing the categories and you're training your brain to, I almost add that higher up level of hierarchical discernment and so you can travel those highways faster and all of a sudden be, go from like, oh, I'm, I'm in psych, boom, I'm in peds, I'm in IM and be able to, to toggle between. Does that make sense? Am I answering yeah, that in no, the right way?
2: Absolutely. I mean, so like for our athletes or musicians out there that can really, I think, tune into this because, you know, for example, and you and I have talked about this kind of analogy before. Our kids both play soccer, right? So mm-hmm. it's sort of like taking a kid and teaching them how to dribble, pass the ball and shoot. And then throw them right into a game and expect them to put all of those things together all at once and perform Mm -hmm. effectively. Um, Versus interleaving is sort of like, you know, in some ways it's like scrimmaging where you're where you're practicing, putting all those skills together. You're you're dribbling at some point, you're passing at some point, you're shooting at some point. um, And it's more difficult in that way. But the benefit that you get from that type of rehearsal Mm -hmm. Right. Is way better than just compartmentalizing those skills by themselves.
1: For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you. And and I mean, I hear about this problem all the time and people are a little shocked by it. You know, it's like, no, 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 it's okay. It's it's actually makes sense that you're having that problem because you have not been adding that mix. Here's another here's another ripple on that. Yeah. I will talk to people about timing the influence of timing on their test taking. Mm-hmm. And obviously some people say, well, you know, time's a real problem for me. I mean, I only have 72 seconds or 84 seconds or whichever, whatever your test per is. Per question, question. Right. That's question. Mm-hmm. That's a problem for me. So they know. And so they train under time circumstances, hopefully. Um, okay, good. But what about the person that comes into me? This is somebody who comes to me and they're, they're struggling on their boards and they say, well, this is like, this is like maybe somebody who failed their boards. And I, one of the first things I say, well, what's the role of timing for you? Well, time's not a problem. Oh, do, do elaborate. Like, like yeah, time's not a problem. Like I, I get plenty, I get finished with plenty of time left over. Well, I'd say, well, I would say time's a problem. Well, why? Because you are going too fast. You need some checks and balances. You need to deconstruct it. Oh, okay. So did you practice using time? No. Why? I don't need to practice with time because time's not a problem. But the time is on the test. It's a doomsday clock ticking down up in the corner of this test. You can see it the whole time. It's like gravity. It's influencing everything. So mm-hmm. time is a variable that has to be practiced no matter your relationship to time. And so, is, I mean, that's not as much
2: interleaving as much as it is no, variable conditioning. That's a really good point too, because and i what I really love what you said there too is most students focus on one end of that spectrum in terms of yes. running out of time right but i what I love what you say, and I have a you know there's always a couple of students in every one of my classes right they always finish an exam in twenty minutes right or thirty mm-hmm. minutes and then they're out the door um and you know so time is also a resource right yep. you should you you should use you should maximize that resource right um so um or no. Maybe. 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 <laughs> all
1: right. Uh, Tell me about that. I don't know. Well, just because I look, if you get done and you've got 20 minutes left, I don't necessarily right. if, think going right, back exactly,
2: get the gray, is a right, good right, idea. Right. 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 right just to clarify. Hurry, on that. But if you're hurrying, picking the first yes. answer that looks right, if you're missing keywords mm-hmm. you know, and you know that you're that kind of test taker because all through pharmacy or medical school or veterinary school, you're constantly complaining to your professors I picked the first answer that looked right, exactly. or I missed this important question phrase in the question. You're the type of person that better slow down a little bit and utilize your time resource a little bit more effectively.
1: Would you agree? But the with only that? oh
2: yeah, of course. But the
1: only way that's truly good advice is if they train that way. Right. Exactly. So right. so like right. if you're like I'm like I'm so fast, I don't need to worry about. It. I just need to have better behavior on test day. You're talking about like you've got ingrained yeah. behaviors. And you're expecting to just to tell your yourself to behave better on test day? Yeah. Well, because I think people don't think about it as behavioral. I think people but think it of it as like, it's just it's a quirk of my personality. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's huge. Like, this is this. I mean, in, in sport, we, we care about this stuff so much. You know, like if the Super Bowl team plays on grass all year and they're going to the Super Bowl on turf, they're only going to play on turf sure. those final two weeks. Yep. you know like because that matters because every little thing's an edge i think when you come to, when it comes to test taking you need to be aware of your of of your strengths and weaknesses and and have really install structure that really helps support the weaknesses and work around the weaknesses throughout your training throughout the the use of practice questions under that two siloed system that i was talking about right and yep. really train rigidly and don't be like well it doesn't matter because it's practice oh my gosh oh it does matter yes (laughs) like that like like when i when i coached my like my daughter's a club soccer player now but when i coached them when they were little people were like oh you're such a good coach i'm like not really like i don't let my like when they're like three or when they're like four yeah but my kids are running around with the ball in their hands and yours aren't it's yeah, because in practice, I never let them touch the ball with their hands. Right. Like I see you guys, you guys are pick, like the parents are picking the ball up with their hands. The kids are picking up like, oh, it's cute. It's funny. And then they go to the game. It's like, this is crazy. It's like, no, like, they're like you know, teach them, like show them, like model for them. I mean, it's super simple. Right. But like you're thinking it's easier to think about training and conditioning uh, kids when they're younger than thinking about highly intelligent, critical thinking adults. But there's a wild animal in here for the test taker. And if your wild animal is hurting you, you have to really condition that thing yeah. through practice rigid, like c- consistent practice okay. like you want to play. Exactly. So I don't know. that That's definitely where I come from on this when it yeah. comes to like thinking about test taking and
2: board prep and all that jazz. Fantastic. All right. So one final question. I hope I'm not opening up a can of worms here, but I think this is really important, especially for my pharmacy students or other pharmacy students out there who, you know can schedule the naplex exam post graduation at some point um, it's not a set date that they have to take it um, mm-hmm. how do you know when you're ready how do you know when you're ready to go in there and take that exam are there any you know any indicators you know uh, i have some, i have some in my mind but I, I wanted to hear from from you in terms of what thank hey, you hey. um it's a good question how do you know well i mean how do you know you're when taking you're ready to schedule that exam and take it right
1: well you're, i mean Most of these boards have some sort of measuring tool. We don't use the word predictive, of course, but you're using some kind of measuring tool. I mean, I think if your scores are super erratic, that should give you pause. And and so like, (laughs) like if you're sometimes way above, sometimes way below. I mean, I definitely know people who took the test, took their boards and failed, and they come back and they're like, yeah, I never got above passing on on these these measures practice these test. Tools. yeah 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 i never i never hit above passing i was just hoping i was yeah just right so, Yeah, right if you right. can't pass you know, the it, practice test right it doesn't make sense right so i think like you want to be like one and a half uh deviations above the passing is like but that's that's getting a little more into the psychometrics of it a little outside of my scope on it um but yeah i mean you can't i think you want to see level more more consistent scores across and I think you want to, for my people coming in, we're trying to take those test-taking mistakes that they're making, because we talk about knowledge versus test-taking mistakes, and really reduce
2: and, and, and dramatically contain those test-taking mistakes. Um, so well, I, your board's, I'm sorry, in your board's prep class that you do with, 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 with students that you guys work with, I mean, you do, there's, again, that kind of two phases. You've got, you know, the study phase in terms of here's the study methodology and approach to you know, to studying the material, and then you've got a whole test taking component to that as well. Uh, is that correct?
1: Uh, we, well, the statmed class has both, but we have okay. a thing called the board's workshop, which is just test taking. It's just those testing. people. Okay, those people are coming in because they they say I think my I truly think my knowledge is good enough. My yep. issue is my test taking. So okay. that's that's usually a little downstream from from a lot of this, and that's where I mean we're, we are banking on their self assessment that their knowledge is indeed good enough usually right. it is okay. now sometimes people get in there and they find okay i cleaned up my test taking and this actually shows me where my knowledge gaps are they couldn't yeah. find the knowledge gaps because the test taking was so erratic yeah. um but yeah so i think it's a matter of i mean are you seeing signs that based on your test that those indicators tell us you are going to pass that i mean i think that it's it's it's, it's that's kind of how i look at it. what are your thoughts on that
2: no, I, I, I again, uh, you know, I, I've I've not done much work in this area at all. But yeah. uh, my go my go to would be again, based on my knowledge, is really looking at, like you said at the results of your self testing or retrieval yeah. practice. And like you said, whether it's that you know the daily retrieval practice that you're doing, or the practice questions that you're doing, or practice tests that you're taking, you know, if you start to see very positive, consistent results over time, to me, that's an indicator that hey, you're probably ready to go. And like you said, okay. Most of these most of these things have, um, you know, those practice tests that you can take. Okay. So, right there, I, now, I would hear a mixing
1: of talking about some study methods side sure. and yep, and some practice question side, right? Yep. So, if my self-testing, my retrieval practice is going mm-hmm. well, that's all good, but that's more study side, foundational side. Mm-hmm. So, I'm probably looking more toward the actual gateway indicators mm-hmm. of like whatever the test is that we're taking. Uh,
2: you know, and I think that's, you know, that's really interesting too, because I think that that's maybe a different perspective that you and I have about practice mm-hmm. questions, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, from my perspective, pra- doing practice questions is a form of retrieval practice. It is. Mm-hmm. I, I
1: I draw a distinct separation between the two.
2: Yeah. Tell me uh, a little bit about, tell me a little bit about I, that. What's your, what's your separation? I look at it like this. So it's not
1: that it's not that practice questions are not retrieval practice. It is an it is an act of retrieval practice. Mm-hmm. But you're let's say I studied infectious diseases, a certain mm-hmm. aspect of this ID. And I do 20 practice questions on ID. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty I mean, like, that's pretty hit or miss as far as like, what I'm hitting on the width and breadth of that ID section. So right. like, that's very different than if I went through and did a framework self test on the content of that like say say like the con that 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 content in the review section is 400 factoids right Right. i might i might have only hit 20 of them on the on that on that question on the practice question Mm -hmm. um so i think of it like this if i'm a soccer coach which i'm not really but if i'm a soccer coach i'm thinking about all my technical development for my player All the the way they use the surfaces of their foot to to, to control the ball, to trap the ball with their body, to move the ball, manipulate the ball with their feet, their body, whatever. That's all Mm -hmm. like technical. So the technical training is very important. That's what I consider under the retrieval practice side, the self-testing on the knowledge side of the silo. Okay, Simulated play and scrimmages are what I would consider practice questions. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a coach, I want to mix technical training and yep. simulated scrimmages. And yeah. I want to interleave them and swap them back and forth and overlap them and build off of them and progress through them.
2: Yeah, I love that. So
1: that and and you know, if you're like a really good soccer coach, like you, your, your, your session would start with some individual technical stuff that would build up and progress through the session, the training session. At the end, there's some kind of simulated play. That's tying in what you were working on technically, in some sort of simulated, not not like an old school scrimmage like we would have played when when we were kids. Like when we were kids, scrimmages were like roll the ball out there and go get right. it, you know? Right, right. Like, you know, this is this is like we're working on on defensive transition, but you're still playing a game with some goals and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like so again, like I don't want to just do uh, technical training, and I don't just want to do scrimmages. I want to mix the balance. So to me, I separate because what I what I'm really worried about is it, when I'm teaching study skills uh, to somebody who's at a board prep level. Is that what happens in. So let's say I, we, we we give them a, a, an array of study study tools and test taking tools uh, three months out from their test. Mm-hmm. And then they're really into retrieval practice, really just sewing all the stuff, all the knowledge in, really building it in, really fortifying, consolidating, building robust retrieval pathways, filling in all these holes for the first month and a half. And then they shift to practice questions more heavily. Great. Yeah. So, so far, so good. But then they stop doing any retrieval practice of the content they studied. And they mm-hmm. are now only
2: doing practice questions. I don't like that. I, like, I that, like that. And I like your soccer. I like that soccer analogy. I think that really resonates quite a bit. So
1: yeah, does, does that, does that give you a little different perspective? Oh, like what does that, shift? How does that no, shift? I, I see, your I see where that.
2: you're coming from with that. No, absolutely. And I think it's very clear to our listeners. Well, okay.
1: And, and then and last piece on that. So what would happen is I would ask somebody, and this is, this is an example of, of, of inconsistent vocabulary usage, which always drives me crazy. And so I'd be like, oh, so you're still doing, so let's say I'm talking to that same student a month before their test. Like we had a three month window. I knew they were doing really good retrieval practice in that first month because I saw some of their stuff and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing all kinds of retrieval. I'm doing so much retrieval practice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like it's all you world. And eh. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Like I'm doing so much retrieval practice with practice questions. I'm like, wait, so what you really mean is you're doing a ton of practice questions, which is in that other silo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm doing. But you just said retrieval practice. But see, those are those are different to me. So,
2: make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's, thank that's you. a distinction. Thank you that that's distinction. distinction. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I just wanted to thank you so much for letting me hijack your podcast <laughs> today. Um, it was it was a ton of fun to be able to talk to you. I, I learned an awful lot about board prep and some strategies there, and I think our listeners will too. Um, if uh, if you're interested in some of the work that Ryan has done uh, in this area, I, I really encourage you to check out his website at www.statmedlearning.com. I can do that. I can shamelessly plug your business because I'm hosting the podcast and you're not. Uh, he's also he's got a lot of great content on you youtube and instagram um so definitely check that out if you're interested and um if you if you want more detailed information give ryan give ryan a shout well ryan, thank you so much for joining us today <laughs> i appreciate it <laughs> on your own all podcast He's
1: right. Right. <laughs> right all right i'm sure we'll be back with more thank you
2: all right thanks Bye bye
0: for tuning into the StatMed podcast if you like the show we hope you'll subscribe you can find more test taking and studying strategies specifically developed for med students and physicians over at our blog at statmedlearning.com thanks for listening